0: Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Lake Show. This is Dr. Paula Lake. Really pleased to be here uh, today and to have our third podcast with uh, Dylan soriano Pauling, uh, who's been here uh, through the whole course of developing this podcast and is here also to engage in conversation with me. Hello, Dylan, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, Paula, I'm doing good, thank you.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So we're here as this is the second episode in which we're discussing the concept of emotional intelligence. I introduced the topic uh, last uh, episode and essentially gave a quick overview of uh, emotional intelligence, why it matters and why it's good for us all to develop emotional intelligence Um, and to give a, a very brief overview Emotional intelligence has four components. This is something that we can, another way of identifying our abilities in terms of uh, how we operate in the world. It includes, four components include uh, self-awareness, social awareness, uh, self-regulation. That means managing your mood, as well as um, a social regulation, uh, getting along with people, navigating conflict. And the one I want to focus on today is self-awareness. And it would seem like a pretty straightforward um, concept. You know, I think many people think that they're self-aware. We all go to work and have the things that we do. and The things that are conscious in our mind. Actually, here's another piece of information I find really interesting is that uh, our conscious brain... Uh, can hold a certain amount of information, a limited amount of information, such as uh, the telephone numbers. One of the reasons that we've restricted the numbers is because we want to keep them within the range of what our brain can hold. So at any conscious moment, we're only aware of so much information. And what's really driving us is the subconscious mind And in the subconscious mind, it's the realm of habit. Um, If you want to get a very gross, just to give you a ballpark idea, we have about eighty thousand thoughts a day. Um, A lot of them are in the realm of habit, um, such as when you're driving your car. And uh, in our conscious mind, we can process much uh, information at a much slower speed, and it holds much less information. So what really drives us is the subconscious mind. What really drives us is all the, the beliefs and memories and past experiences and, and emotional reactions and patterns that we may or may not be aware of. So this is why emotional intelligence, having a certain degree of awareness about who you are, what makes you tick, Matters. Um, if you're in the realm of habit, um, remember a, a story that I thought was quite interesting that a, a man who had a brain injury and he wasn't aware that he had a brain injury. He'd been, that part of the brain had been impacted. And so his hard, higher cortical functioning was uh, basically destroyed. And in uh, subsequent to this uh, brain injury, he was able to, not aware of the severity, he was able to bring himself uh, downstairs. He, he was hurt. Someone had injured him while he was in the bedroom. He went downstairs. He opened the fridge. He pulled out his cereal. He engaged in all the rituals that um, we do as part of our habit with no conscious awareness that he was actually injured in what he was doing. And in fact, he ended up collapsing and dying. And the, the story that, what fascinated me about that story is how in light of all the traumatic injury he had, there was still a part of him that was operating. And I would say that's the automatic part of, of us. There's a lot of things we do because we've been maybe programmed to do so. And if you don't take that time in your life to reflect, then you will end up basically operating from that base um, on an automatic habitual level, and you'll be a little bit less in control of your life. So... This is why I think developing awareness for all of us. We all can be aware of so much in our lives about ourselves. Um, But it does help in establishing good relationships. Um, It helps to improve your mood. So, um, you know, if I know what upsets me, if I know what uh, negatively impacts me, um, I'm... And I know what thinking might be impacting it. It's easier for me to navigate it with, and possibly change it. It allows you to make better decisions. Um, you know, if I if I know fundamentally what my baseline need is, and let's say um, if I'm not paying attention to um, a gut feeling that I have, and maybe if I've learned and I've dismissed a lot of feelings that um, surface in me, um, chances are I'm going to have a harder time making decisions based on those valuable feelings. And sometimes we need to be reflective to really find out how we feel about doing something and uh, pay attention to cues inside of us. And if we're not aware, uh, this is going to, impact us negatively. Um, Self-awareness can help in your communication, uh, can help you articulate. Um, To give you an example, I work with some individuals who have a very varied history of uh, self-awareness and understanding what makes them tick. They don't even have words to put to what they're feeling. You know, a good example are people that I'll ask, "How are you feeling?" And they'll their response might be, "I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I I might even visibly see that they're actually upset." Um, what happens is when we're emotionally triggered, there's a cascade of responses that happen in our body. Um, we might slow down our breath. Uh, we and if we've not really been emotionally focused in our lives. We might be in our head a lot and not really connected to what's happening in our body. And I may ignore a very important piece of information and make a decision. Um, I may not be able to articulate my feelings to somebody. I don't know if you've ever encountered Dylan, people where you've asked, um, how they're feeling. Um, And you know that they're feeling something, but they can't talk about it. They don't have the means.
1: Yeah, I think one of the common things you'll hear from people is they'll say that they're fine. Um, I think almost any time you hear someone say that they're fine, it's kind of uh, them just not disclosing how they feel. Um,
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I honestly can say I think it's unfortunate for, you know, for men. I think we're in a society where women have been given a lot more permission to talk about feelings. Uh, One of the main issues I've encountered, especially as I work with um, RCMP and veterans in my practice, is that um, they may come to associate certain feelings as being weak. So we have a lot of judgment about negative feelings. And I think the, the, or what, I'm going to put negative feelings in quotes because I don't know... I think there can be destructive feelings, um, uh, but a feeling is a feeling, and and you know as humans, we have these primary emotions were that are common amongst all of us humans. Uh, no one is exempt from that. But what we do have, even though we have all the same sort of fabric of emotions, is we 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 manage them differently. You know. Um, when we get better with our own awareness of self, um, I may be aware that I've been affected by an experience or um, maybe in an interaction. Um, I can sit with that emotion, try and understand it and respond to it in a more proactive way than rather than impulsively flying off the handle. Um, we don't always have accurate self-awareness and this is, and even myself in the profession of psychology, I'm, I'm, I'm still reflecting on new insights of things I perhaps wasn't aware of, things that were driving me. Those those opportunities for us to develop self-awareness happens in often in quiet moments, in reflective moments. Uh, it may happen when you're talking to a friend and. I, again, I, to reiterate, I think that the unfortunate, um, pieces, men have not been encouraged to talk a lot about their feelings. Um, so we do definitely have a gender bias, uh, and right now in the, um, work environment in, in larger organizations, because we've adopted this concept of emotional intelligence, I think, it's made it more palatable for, for men because, you know, first we have the word intelligence associated with it. I think it just feels good. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to not be emotionally intelligent. You know, we, yeah,
1: you know, get that great we,
0: we all want to be emotionally intelligent, right? Which is um, maybe a better way of thinking of it than you should be feeling your emotions. It's a different way of, of expressing it. When and you're
1: so, working... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, When you're working with people um, that are having difficulties communicating their emotions um, or masking their emotions, what types of barriers does that cause for them? Um, You know, you always hear people say, like, you know, talk about your emotions. But um, what are the benefits and also what are the barriers of not communicating your emotions? How does it stunt you?
0: Well, there's a saying I ran into once uh, that... um, what gets repressed gets expressed so even though we may not talk about the feelings or we may not be able to be in touch with them it does not mean it does not it it, it doesn't exist and uh,
1: it just doesn't go away
0: <laughs> it, it doesn't well you know especially when i'm working with very strong um, that I would characterize as very strong individuals with strong values, uh, such as um, uh, in the in the industry of policing, um, where, of course, there is going to be a time and place to feel emotion. Um, and maybe it might not be when you're out there working with the public, <laughs> um, uh, because you do need to um, have a guard up. The downside is that when you cannot... Um, connect with emotion and recognize what is happening and you, um, put it in a box and compartmentalize. Um, there's a lot of different issues that surface, um, from that. And one of them is, um, that even though there, it gives the illusion that we are somehow putting that feeling away, that we're distracting and distraction is a, is a big coping mechanism, by the way, we keep busy with work, we keep busy doing things. And I know some people that have a very hard time with quiet time, because that tends to be when all the feelings surface. And, um, and if you've not learnt to recognize a feeling, it can become more threatening to you. And um, it can create and contribute to a lot of stress, um, I might not be telling people I'm angry, doesn't mean people don't see my anger, (laughs) right? If I'm not expressing it, um, I may be shutting down relationships. I may be behaving and acting out on that anger in a way that isn't actually fruitful to the relationships around me. Um, I don't know if you've ever run into someone who... uh, is telling you in an angry voice how they're not angry.
1: Oh <laughs> right? yeah, that's, right? uh, that's a yeah, very odd situation. But it but for.
0: it happens, right? Or people denying yeah. that something is there. It creates a disconnect between us, and part of our feeling connected to people is knowing um, what is happening inside them. There is a book called The Seven Levels of Intimacy by Matthew Kelly. Um, that, I thought that was a beautiful book. And uh, what he talked about is what is real intimacy? And the actual intimacy isn't just when we talk about facts. Intimacy happens on the level when we talk about our emotions, when we talk about our dreams, when we talk about our disappointments. And if we separate all those other emotions that we think of as negative it not only um, disables us in our relationships, it may even disable us in in our ability to navigate challenges. Um, an example would be, um, um, you know, if I ignore feelings of fear that I have inside me, that may be an actual important emotion, that may be, um, telling me something about my situation. And if you actually look at a lot of cases where um, people perhaps have had childhood trauma, they may not be able to navigate their own safety because they have not learned to pay attention to those cues. that may, They may not have been in an environment that facilitated the development of um, um, even the right to express an emotion. And, you know, this is why I think it's important that we all, whatever stage of life and whatever age we are, um, if there are feelings and, and thoughts and experiences that are very private to you, um you know, we I think privacy is an important um, piece for us uh, because we do need to put ourselves in safe environments. but I do think it's important to find safe people that we can be authentic with um, and that won't shame us for having feelings. Um, and then as we start to understand our own feelings, um, we can understand what their value is. Um, anger, in expressed adaptively, it can be expressed maladaptively, of course, but expressed adaptively can help us protect ourselves. Um, uh, fear can also be a cue about the environment. And if we're disconnected from feelings, we may actually override some important pieces of information about our environment. Um, that would be another piece um uh, Gottman, who has um, done work with couples, and he's also uh, discussed the concept of emotional intelligence, especially in children. Um, some some of the research studies what they find is um, that for children uh, to, who are grown, who are brought up in an environment where they are nurtured to talk about their emotion, where they're not just dismissed or even shamed. Uh, disapproved of, where there's no emotional coaching, the parents are not there to guide children through their emotions, that they struggle more. And um, it becomes more difficult to um, to regulate their own emotions. So if we don't talk about our feelings when we're young, like, you know, you talk to a child, hey, what 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 upset you at school yesterday, Johnny, and talk to me about it. And And then as the child talks about those experiences, they learn how to navigate them. Um, So those are important time periods when we're very young, and that's when we develop that self-awareness. But just because even if you were brought up in an environment that didn't support it, it is never too late to to learn and to develop.
1: I think one of the most interesting, interesting things I've observed, um, especially recently, being around a, a child a lot, is that when you see a child um, mismanaging their emotions or masking their emotions, it's the same exact thing as an adult. Um, you see the same thing on their face. Um, Absolutely, when they're trying to deny being upset or um, deny wrongdoing, it's it's um, it's really shows that it's something that you have to grow into that you, you don't change literally from the point you're a kid, um, to an adult, you don't change if you don't address it.
0: You don't change. And, and, you know, we are to some extent, to in many ways, social creatures. Um, and, you know, when we're not in an environment that supports those, that kind of dialogue, um, you know, I've been blessed. I had a, uh, an amazing mother who from a younger age, Really would sit with me and and check in and help me try and figure out and navigate what was going on when when my emotions were triggered. Um, and really, all of it was was explored in 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 a productive, healthy manner um, that allowed me to navigate and some of the challenges and and redirect it into a, a positive way. Had that not happened, um it would it would be challenging. And I think it's challenging for many of us um, to to develop the these skills in an environment that isn't conducive to it. Any kind of oppressive environment where you get judged and criticized and shamed. I know people that have been um, by their parents uh, locked away in rooms and told to not come out until they feel different. and And so what happens is that kind of experience will have you reject even your own emotional responsiveness. And, you know, these are, um, when you tap in to a place where you can not only get to know yourself and understand, um, what things upset you, what things you like, what thinking dominates your inner universe. It opens up a whole opportunity for you to redirect your life um, in in the direction that's going to be um, to more to your liking, rather than uh, being driven by feelings. So we all have sadness and grief and and you know, shame is a very common, human experience. Um, But if I want to navigate with these experiences, and I think that's something could allow an opportunity to do some work uh, one day in a podcast uh, and actually do a exercise on navigating a negative emotion. I think that could be a value or what we call a negative emotion. But I'd like to, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, Just feel that we're all like so infinite and I know we talked about the you know the negative experiences someone can go through that might inhibit their growth um, and their path towards self-awareness but even with just like the everyday person I think one of the scariest things about self-awareness is you don't actually truly know if you're self-aware and I know you have helped me with a lot of exercises on how you can improve um, self-awareness you want to share some of those maybe
0: absolutely Um, I, you know, I think you you just made a point that self-awareness, um, I, I don't know that we can achieve that absolute a hundred percent self-awareness because we're operating from our own brain and, um, that has its own blind spots. All of us have blind spots. Um, you know, much like an experience where you go back and you go, Hey, you know, I, I I wish I wasn't so insecure in those days. I remember what was driving me, but in those days you're not thinking, "Wow, I'm being driven by my insecurity." Yeah, <laughs> so it's not yeah. it's not until or people that become aware, "Hey, I've noticed that when I'm in social settings and you know, I I'm really approval seeking. I'm doing a lot of behaviors that are making me want to get someone's to like me and and it feels yucky inside. You know, those are valuable observations to make about yourself. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways, um, I, I would say, for us to develop our, our self-awareness. The one thing I'd say is it's not a goal that you reach. Let's say in a year I'm going to have absolute self-awareness. <laughs> self-awareness is part of the journey of of. Um, asking yourself questions through the course of your life and taking moments to, um, to reflect. Um, a, an example I would say is uh, COVID. I think COVID has um, stopped, stopped the wheel from turning. For a period of time in those three months when we had social distancing and no one could do the things they used to do, um, suddenly people start thinking about their lives. They start thinking about what they want to do, not what they should do. They start realizing that they're driven by shoulds and maybe they didn't want to go visit Aunt Flo every week <laughs> and it's they can step back. So that space has given some people the opportunity to actually reflect on what they actually feel about things, whereas before they were operating off a number of shoulds. So taking time, um, taking time away from all the stimulations that we're, we're, we're pulled into and finding quiet time. It could be by yourself on a beach. It could be time meditating. Um, there is a, a nice meditation exercise. There's a number that you could um, access. Um, there's a rain exercise exercise. Uh, uh, Tara Brock has a, a wonderful podcast out there which with, with, where she facilitates and encourages people to uh, through a process of RAIN, which refers to recognition, acceptance, uh, investigation, and nurturing, where you're taking time to investigate and breathe and focus on what happens to you when you actually stop for a moment. Um, meditation has been known to facilitate self-awareness in the sense that we have 80,000 thoughts a day. Now, I can tell you, I am not aware of my 80,000 thoughts a day. Um, When I work with my clients, one of the things I do is I have things like mood logs, and I'll have them track things that upset them through the course of a day, and what kinds of thinking do they have. So part of emotional awareness is knowing what your thinking style is. Um, are you a critic, constantly criticizing everything? Do you make a lot of assumptions? Are you judgmental? Um, you know, those are important questions. There is actually a list of cognitive distortions and, you know, I will, I will read them out to people to say, Hey, do you, do you do these, do you think in these ways? Um, you know, lots of people operate off making assumptions. Some of us do mind reading. For example, I walk into a room and someone looks at me, and and um, and I assume that they're thinking something negative, right? That's so. Those are patterns in thinking, and and essentially that's what is, emotional awareness is: is becoming aware. Um, uh, Goleman refers to social awareness recognizing one's emotions and their effects, and also an accurate self assessment. Um, I've actually run into people who have said to me, oh, I'm a really easygoing person, and sometimes I'm like, Oh, I, I'm i not sure. <laughs> Do you,
1: <laughs> you believe know? them? Well, yeah.
0: th- well, we have that assumption of ourselves. I've, yeah, you know, I've actually done some presentations. And with some targeted people that were really struggling in, in uh, a certain leadership style. But as I was doing the presentation, they nodded with the, the thought, yeah, I, I, I already do that really positive leadership style, which yeah. wasn't actually in sync with what was observed by people around them. Uh, one way to enhance your emotional intelligence is to be open and to start um, being open to people's feedback. And people that we trust and that have their our well-being um, in their mind, uh, foremost, um, because they help us find blonde spots. Um, I can have that whether I go to a coach, I might go to a psychologist, I might do my meditations, I might journal. Those are all different ways to become more self-aware. Um, I, we all have blind spots and, uh, I may have a pattern of behaving, let's say when I'm around, you know, a large men that look authoritative that I'm not aware of. And if someone is, um, in, if I'm engaged in conversation, they may be able to give me that feedback or some constructive criticism can heighten my awareness. Um, another thing that I really do for people, especially people that have grown up in an environment that was not really supportive to expressing emotion, to recognizing or talking about emotion is they may not even have the knowledge or awareness of what they feel. We actually, if if we've not spent a lot of time in our youth um, talking about our feelings Sometimes we actually lose the ability to um, to describe or even recognize what's happening with us. So what I do is I'll work with people to learn to put words to feelings. If you know, the more precise we are, the more articulate we can be, even when we're expressing something. You know, what are the feelings we all know? Anger, sadness, you know, fear. Uh, shame. It's
1: such a huge, guilt. Like huge gradient of emotion. Huge right? gradient.
0: So if you go online, um, many of you can find, uh, if you look for um, uh, words like a feeling wheel, there's a, uh, I'll, I'll offer a feeling wheel to somebody. I may offer um, a, a sheet and I'll, I'll, I'll ask them. Check in with with what uh, what you're feeling at certain points in the day. Start to put names to it. So now if I'm talking to somebody, I'm, I'm going to be able to share with them um, specifically maybe what upset me. Rather than just saying, I'm angry at what you did, I might be able to say, um, I was actually hurt. Uh, there's, a, there's a handout I give people, and it's called the anger iceberg. And in this anger iceberg, um, it's literally like an iceberg, and, and some people, they only know how to express anger, but anger for them is how they express their sadness and or hurt. So they will never share the fact that they're hurt, but they'll always go to the anger part. And sometimes we can have multiple feelings. So I might be feeling hurt and angry and it's... It might be a little softer to share hurt with someone or disappointed than it is I'm angry with you. So it improves our ability to, um, you know, even regulate those relationships because we're better able to um, get at the heart of what's upsetting us rather than just flying off the handle. Um, so these are some of the things um, that can be done to improve Um, there's a lot of material out there, um, for those of you, uh, if you're really struggling in, in, in understanding your emotions, I, one of the suggestions I would have is to go and consult with a psychologist or a counselor, someone to help you unpack and get to know some of those patterns. Um, I will often work in trying to help people understand their own dysfunctional thinking styles. Um, um. but I do uh, believe that meditation is also very um, right now we have so many different kinds of meditations um, and apps and and resources that uh, probably could be overwhelming for somebody. but um when you find the right ones, um, there's apps like ten percent happier and um, and shine and um, that can help you learn to sit with emotions. Um, so there's lots of different things people can do, and this is an important, important part of your life. If you can navigate and come to know what that inner universe you live in, um, then you can. it can help you navigate the outer universe you lived in. Um, there was a saying that I know Wayne Dyer said once, and he said, um, what do you get when you squeeze an orange? I think you know the answer what? to that. What do you get when you squeeze what? an orange? Orange juice. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like I like the question mark. Orange juice. Um, because what what is in us is what comes out of us.
1: Oh, okay. That makes right.
0: Right. What sense. what is in us is what comes out of us. So if we yeah. tend to that inner garden, we get to know it first. We learn to nurture it. Um, I do recommend, uh, those of you who have not, uh, Tara Brock has some wonderful um, uh, meditation podcasts that facilitate that. So those are all good starting points for people who are wanting to practice self-awareness. And honestly, I call this a practice because I think um, it's it's, uh, something we do for our lives because it helps us navigate at all times. And in times of stress, our own self-awareness may diminish because we're too... Um, reactive in those moments. So that would be um, at least a starting point for people to start to understand themselves a bit more.
1: And it's going to be, of course, a big part of improving their emotional intelligence, which is going to be a a big topic.
0: Huge part, (laughs) huge part. And I essentially, that's uh, in some pretty well what the show focuses on, among other things, but um, in different, in a variety of ways. And this might be a good point to um, to close the show and um, we can start next um, episode and, and launch into uh, the topic of self-regulation, which is basically managing your own emotions. And um, I can honestly say that we probably have a whole society that is, Uh, flocking to all different sources and trying to figure out this one out. How do you manage emotions? Right. It's the question of the day. It's a big challenging one, Um, but an important, important topic.
1: yeah, it's going to be a, a really big one because it's going to start really giving us the answers.
0: Um, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Answers and many more questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the answer of what's asked.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, thank you, Dylan. I think this is. Yeah, a,
1: thank you. That was amazing, Paula. <laughs> good
0: starting point for emotional intelligence and developing self-awareness. Um, really pleased to, uh, to be able to be here and have these conversations and we'll be here next time and talk about what are ways to regulate emotion. And, and, you know, really these are starting conversations. Um, the topics are broad and big, but I think they're important topics to be had. So, uh, thank you, Dylan. So happy that you're here with me this evening to talk. Yeah, awesome. Have a great night. Thank you. And wishing everybody a good night or a good day or a good morning for whatever time frame you are listening. All the best to you.